Welcome to BrainPod, a podcast dedicated to the minds shaping our world through engineering. In today's episode of BrainPod, we engage in a conversation with Felix Grinevall, Senior Director of Factory Design and Blueprint at Northvolt. We invited Felix to talk about one of his favorite subjects, blueprints. What is a blueprint? How does the process of scaling and building massive factories at hyperspeed work? And how is Northvolt's approach to building factories different? Felix Grunewald is a pioneer in his field, an early Northvolt employee and a green transition trailblazer. Hello and welcome to this podcast from Engineering Day. We are recording today here at the Norfolk headquarters in Stockholm in Kungsholmen. And my name is Anna Leon and I'm a tech enthusiast, podcaster and engineer. And I'm super excited because with me here uh, in front of me on the table, we have the raw materials from the battery itself. It's uh, lithium, manganese, cobalt and nickel. And they have really beautiful colors. So super cool to be here today. And with me, I also have uh, Linus Passion, who is the founder of Engineering Day. Hello, Linus. Hello, Anna. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, super fun. Uh, and we also have uh, Felix Grunewald with us. Felix, how are you? Thank you for having me, Anna. I am very happy to be here. Amazing. And could you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Sure. I am originally an industrial engineer from KTH. I spent a number of years in management consulting before I joined Norfolk about five years ago. Back then, Norfolk was around 100 employees. We were set out on a mission to enable the future of the energy by developing the world's greenest battery cell and establish a European supply of batteries. Uh, the plan was to build a gigafactory up in Skellefteå, where we leverage the clean energy supply from northern Sweden and establish a local supply chain for EU producers of electric vehicles. Today, actually, we've evolved that plan into building factories on multiple sites and also outside of Sweden. And my role in this is that I did the factory design and blueprint team. Cool. Thank you for that introduction. We will definitely deep dive more into what Blueprint really is. But first, if we just start from the beginning, Norfolk obviously produces batteries and it is an extremely complex process from a physical, chemical and supply chain perspective, right? So can you walk us through that process a little bit just to lay the groundwork? Yeah, absolutely. The battery production is basically, you can call it the Formula One of manufacturing, as it, it combines the typical process manufacturing traits within the electrode production with extremely high-speed assembly uh, manufacturing on the cell assembly side. One example of this is we, in the cell assembly, we, we don't measure units per hour or units per minute. We even measure units per second. And uh, the process window here is very tight. Interesting. Can you actually tell us what a lithium-ion battery is? Absolutely. The lithium-ion battery is a rechargeable battery, and it uses lithium ions to store energy. Our anode is typically made from graphite, and the uh, cathode is, in our case, made of nickel, manganese, and cobalt. Lithium-ion batteries are 
predominantly used in portable consumer electronics as well as in electric vehicles. One of the key advantages compared to other rechargeable batteries is that these batteries have high energy density. So you can store a lot of energy compared to per volume or per weight metric of that battery. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I didn't know that. And also, what makes Norfolk so unique and what is your unique selling point, your USP, so to call, in the market compared to other battery producers? I mean, somehow you managed to land several billion dollars in investment. How did you do that? What was your pitch? Well, firstly, we built on, on the fact that this transition from fossil fuels, that is, is pretty much an established fact today. As transportation has a significant carbon footprint, one of the key industries in this transition is automotive. Norfolk basically took a bet that sometime during this uh, decade, there would be a major transition from petrol cars to EVs. And one of the the considerations is that you need a lot of energy and and raw materials to produce these lithium-ion batteries. So producing them with energy and and materials from non-sustainable sources, it kind of isn't really serving the cause that well. That's why we set out to produce the greenest battery on Earth. And it turns out that the bet we took were right. Interesting. You read a lot about batteries and uh, electric vehicles. Can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, the market and the competitors? Yeah, the incumbent battery suppliers, they're predominantly Asian. They have done this for the longest period. And uh, some of of, uh, these incumbents have been starting to localize here in Europe. However, one of the issues and one of the key issues is that they don't really have this sustainable approach in their manufacturing process. Interesting. So uh, you started at Norfolk when you were only around 100 employees, and I think it was five years ago, right? And now you're more than 3,000 people. What have you been doing from the start at Norfolk? Yeah, coming out of of, uh, consulting, I had a a background in project management. So I went into our program management office for the Skellefteå factory called Norfolk Et. Here I was... uh, First, I was part of the the fundraising processes, and then I was a part of of building up the program to deliver this factory. And since more than two years now, I have been building up our factory design and blueprint team, and uh, we have the mission to enable Norfolk's bold scale-up plans. Cool. Awesome. But also, is there a way to put uh, this into some perspective? I mean, the scale of what you are trying to achieve here. Absolutely. So if we start by taking Norfolk Et, Et will be Norfolk's biggest factory with the the fully built-up capacity of 60 gigawatt hours per year. And this is uh, the equivalent of of about 1 million cars annually. We will have both cell production, cathode-active material production and recycling all on the same site. We're building on 150 hectares we will employ nearly 10% of Skellefteå's workforce and we will be using about 1.5% of Sweden's energy consumptions to do this. If we look beyond ET, ET is of course named ET because it's our first factory. This implies that there will be more, 
And in our plans, we plan to extend our, our capacity to enable at least 150 gigawatt hours by the end of this decade. And, and in order to do this, we've raised more than $8 billion, of which we have invested more than $3 billion already. And we've secured an order book of $55 billion. And we've started to look also outside of Sweden to do this expansion. So Norfolk is among one of the enablers of the green transition that everyone is talking about. Can you tell us more exactly what do you mean by that and what, why do you want to work with the green transition? Yeah, one of the challenges here is that uh, uh, the, the automotive industry basically decided to do this transition at the same time. And of course, this puts huge pressure on the supply chain. And in our part of this, we need to scale up our, our production capacity. So we expect that the global automotive industry will, will produce more than 40 million electric cars by 2030. And uh, our challenge here is, is how do we scale up this supply chain? This is where the blueprint comes in. Yeah, can you tell us more about that? You're the director of Blueprint, right? What actually is a blueprint? Yeah, so Blueprint is basically the key enabler for faster and more cost-efficient scale-up uh, of Norfolk. We identified early on that one of the key challenges here is the availability of people with battery experience, uh, along with the long design timelines uh, that normally comes with these billion-dollar projects. So a recipe to address this challenge is our blueprint. Fundamentally, it consists of, of key design documents in the battery factory. It consists of our design process and of our people that we have to develop these new factories. We see a need to think new in new ways when we design here. We, of course, need to standardize as much as possible to leverage what we've already designed. At the same time, considering the fast pace of development of these battery cells, as well as the development of these new electric vehicle platforms, we still need a flexible approach. We also have the fact that now that we've built a couple of, of these factories and we're starting them up, we need to funnel those lessons learned which we have into our future factories. So we can't copy exactly, we need to copy smartly. And the real question is really how do we design in a changing world? We need to focus on managing the change and managing the speed of, of design rather than avoiding change, which is typically uh, the, the standard way of, of designing factories. And here we are establishing a, a very structured and data-driven with, with a focus to minimize the bureaucracy and silos as much as possible. And here, in order to be successful, we need people with experience from, from Swedish and, and European construction industry but we need the ones that also have an eye for how to do things different and how to do it better. Mm. Isn't it hard to like harmonize innovation and standardization? Sounds like what you're doing. Yeah, it is. And, it, and that is the balance. So that is one of the, the 
key traits which we, we try to, to manage through this blueprint, we define what do we want to change, what do we want to upgrade, and what don't we what might we not have time to do until the next factory. Cool. When talking about the green transition, one important part of that is, of course, circularity, which a lot of companies are trying to introduce into their production processes and closing the loop, so to say, so that they are reusing waste and their footprint on the environment is minimized. So, but I've heard that at Norfolk you take this to the next level and you can almost follow it on an atom level throughout the whole process. I'm super excited to hear more about this. So can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, this, this originates uh, all the way back to when we were setting the, the strategy for Norfolk in the early days. We identified a number of challenges to solve. Some of them were, uh, or examples of this were that, that uh, we needed to find ways to, to significantly reduce the carbon footprint of these batteries. We needed to find ways to address the challenge of, of scarce availability of, of sustainable raw materials. One, one, one example being cobalt. And uh, we also needed ways to become less reliant on, on a global supply chain. So what we found here was that through vertical integration in our supply chain, we, we were able to enable ourselves to not only fulfill the high sustainability ambitions, but really open up for opportunities to innovate from materials to the cells, to the factories. And this is only possible by, by having this, this large portion of the value chain in-house. And by doing this vertical integration, it gave us a number of, of advantages. One of them were that we actually are able to have the highest level of traceability on the market. We can trace materials all the way from mine to a produced cell. Another one of the, the benefits is that we were able to fully close the loop on critical raw materials. And today, we've been able to produce a cell, put that cell into a recycling plant, extract raw materials from that, put into our cathode material production, and produce another cell all on the same site. Wow. Mm. That's interesting. The future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're... Uh coming towards the end of this uh, talk with you. So lastly, could you share something interesting, maybe an anecdote or something uh, about working uh, at Norfolk? Yeah, I can give you an example of, of just shed some light on, on how complicated this production really is and how narrow the process window is. And, and it started out with, uh, basically, we were starting up uh, one of our processes in Westeros, where we have our R&D lab a few years ago. The problem we experienced on one of the lines needed a lot of attention and we were a big team working on day and night to solve it. Once the, this issue was solved and we, we, we found that there was another issue that had occurred in an adjacent process and we, we had to spend another number of nights and days to investigate what this issue was and finally we found the root cause. And the root cause was that due to that we had been so many people in working in the same room, the temperature had gone up a few degrees. And as a result, the cutting tools, which were made from metal, they had expanded and thus they were uncalibrated. And this generated this quality issue. 
And we were able to solve it. We were able to produce good quality batteries after, but it just speaks to the fact how sensitive this production really is and how narrow that process window is. So it's really intricate to produce a battery. Absolutely. That's what <laughs> makes it fun. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for speaking with us here today. I'm, I'm super excited to be able to share this piece of engineering history that you're, that you're really making here. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. You've listened to an episode of BrainPod, a podcast from Engineering Day. On the 23rd of November, we are gathering engineers from all over the country to engage in Engineering Day, a full day dedicated to engineering. With 10 leading speakers, a variety of masterclasses, live podcasts and an award ceremony where we celebrate engineering feats, we are sure you will leave feeling even more proud of being an engineer. We hope to see you there.